like it's so musically correct, I don't want to clash. Like I'm trying to just put like, that's what I'm saying. Why are you so dry, bro? Self in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm trying to stay up on my iPhone. Do my bitch, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool, so uh, what's up, man? We back in business. Give me all this news or whatever. What's going on, everybody? Episode no. Oh, yes, no Elias. <laughs> Episode number thirty-six. Checking in. Yeah, Make sure to follow us know. on Twitter at underscore wrgo. There you go. Instagram. What's really going? There you go. YouTube. What's really going on? Subscribe and comment. Yeah, you got and leave you a review. Comment. You got on to Apple Podcast. and do the little star thing. Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. We are a five star rated podcast. You know what I'm saying? All of that. So All go that. do that, please. Also, we got some. Uh, we did. We did a live show. Oh, yeah. shout, shout out, out to, to everybody. Who everybody came to who came show. out. Shout we out to my special guest. Yeah, Follow shout, out, shout out. Shout uh, out. Shout out. On political and all that. We also hit three thousand views. Yeah, we did. So that was cool. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, bro. So let's get into this. Let's get into this news. So I think. You, uh, so food for thought. Yeah, you, you want me to break it down, or you got it? Um, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Kanye West util, utilizing black choirs for his new album. Is it art or exploitation? Um, I produced to put this in here. I was. We're like, coming I, in. We're coming in. We're coming in hot. I was impressed to talk about it because I mean I have, especially with all the crazy stuff he's been doing in recent years. I don't really much pay attention to Kanye. Um. The black choir thing, I mean, it's cool. He's incorporating black people to his music. I just think it's odd that when he decided to release said music. Is um, the album out? I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> he released it to a group of white people. Mind you, they decided to come, whatever. But it was just the reaction of it kind of made me feel a like little. you're exploiting this black church. Yeah, especially when I be seeing the little clips of like the uh, the Sunday thing, he Sunday uh, service yeah. thing he does. It's like the audience is never us. And what he's doing is basically what big cathedral churches have been doing for years. They remix R&B songs and they make it into a gospel gospel song. But when they do it, people try to side-eye them. But Kanye is doing it. Oh, my God. He's a musical. He's a visionary. So that's why I'm kind of like, uh, um, I mean, how do you feel about this? When I put it into the chat, I was just like, I feel like if you like Kanye, you're going to say this is amazing. And if you already didn't, if you're like done with Kanye, you're just going to be like, I don't, you're either going to be like, this is stupid or I don't care. Thanks. I'm on someone where I can like respect Kanye as an artist and as a musician. And I can say like, he is one of the most talented and influential artists of his generation. I'll give him that. He just and then, crazy. But no, but that's the like, period. That's uh, where it stops. And then you're like, okay. A lot of the and stuff. And then like, has the recent music been that good? Last or week. has people just been gassing it? Because like, I was never like a super huge Kanye fan. But like, I listened to his Last music. good album he had, to me, was Jesus. And that was just okay. And that was just okay. That's real. Other than that, he hasn't had like a great album in a long time. True. Well, I mean, somebody disagrees. You Lamar, disagree you want to add your thought? That's trash. Sorry. What? Sorry. That was the, good. Was the production was good. For context, Henry and I listened to Yay on his patio. We hated it. Yeah, I hate it. In real, I in hate real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, Life problems. Chicago. Been following him for a long time. 
Sounds like you're biased. No. They probably <laughs> uh, no, but I think this is just an instance of I kind of just don't really care about how he kind of goes about whatever he's doing. I never really feel like him as a artist or whatever he's doing really has. It's kind of like I'm staying revel- relevant. And so that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. He's doing this to stay relevant. He's doing. He's like that person where like, and that's what kind of irritates me about his person as a whole because I I used to be like that. Like when everybody in this room is like yellow, I'm like blue just to stand out. You zigging when everyone's zagging. Exactly. Just, just, just because, and I that's his character. And I used to do that just because I wanted to be a dickhead, whatever. And then I realized, like, that's kind of immature. Like, be logical about this stuff. Like, if you're an artist and you're really creating these things, I'm not saying don't go and experiment because that's what you're supposed to do. But the way in which he, he's done things in recent years is a question of, is he doing this to stay relevant or is he artistically, you know what I'm saying? Expressing himself. Expressing himself. I think that's what gets me, and then I don't care about this topic enough to keep talking about it. Um I just think I don't – what bothers me is, like, when people try to say, oh, he's doing this and look at what he's doing. And they try to, like, apply it to some, like, Bro, larger – big pieces in these big well, – Well, the way he's using the live instrumentation is a representation for blackness in America. They be doing the most, the like, most. Okay, bro. The down. most. Anyway. The whole tip convention. Is it, it's basically. So I just think that's an interest. I just, but I think it's interesting of, like, when art – when does art kind of take a, another platform or when does art merge into something that shouldn't be touched? And that's the thing about music and art and being a creative because it's a subjective thing. Like nobody can really tell you how you're expressing or how you should be expressing yourself. And oftentimes art does pull from everything. Right. You're inspired artists. by anything. You yeah. can be inspired by anything. So like, again, I'm not saying or trying to limit his creative genius. Like he's a creative person. And he has his previous the stuff that he's previously done makes you question question it exactly. That's what I'm saying. This makes me question: Is he like, is he just again doing this to stay relevant? Also, we don't stand with Kim K. Oh yeah, he should have been there. Anyway, let's get into real. Let's get into real more important issues. All right. So over the past week, there have been um, achievements and disappointments regarding um, the police. Some police conduct hearings. So yesterday, former Dallas police officer, no, actually today, um, former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger was sentenced to 10 years in prison for, um, after she was found guilty yesterday of murdering um, her neighbor or someone who lives in her apartment complex, uh, Botham Jean, I hope I'm saying his first name right, thinking he was an intruder when she mistakenly entered his apartment. This is what the Jean family attorney said. He said, it, uh, it's a huge victory for all black people in America. It's a signal that the tide is going to change here. Police officers are going to be held accountable for their actions, and we believe this is going to change the policing culture all over the world. That now, we should have had this editorial decision when we were talking. You want to talk about this alone as an isolated incident, or do you want to talk about this in relationship to what else? We can happened? talk about them separately and then, like, okay. Do that. Um, what do you think? So this, I mean, I'm glad some type of justice with air quotations was served in this. Like, this is big situation, this is very big. right? Important. Because again, when we talk about the next thing, most times in these situations, the po- the law lives on the like police side. 
and that's not fair. And that's a like that's inequality in the justice system. So like the fact that she's being held accountable again with air quotes because she got ten years and like in my mind being a person who is hood adjacent, <laughs> yeah. you would think okay with good behavior just like four to five years she not really get no time. So I'm kind of pissed about it because it's like I know people who have went to jail for lesser crimes for more time for and it's like offenses. for non-violent offenses. So the fact that she is just getting. 10 years is like what the the fact that she's getting time at all I'm like okay and then that like I seen a whole time today on Twitter makes me they were like the fact that you guys are applauding this it means you believe in the corrupt uh, mass incarceration of people and blah 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 and I'm like dang that's a valid point because I mean do I believe in imprisonment I don't believe in imprisonment I believe in rehabilitation so if you're going to send them off somewhere you need to like rehabilitate them work with them figure out what's going on like who said this by the way I have questions or they're just like just some random person. I was on Twitter. I don't okay. know because I was about to say like my natural art. It's like I was going to be like, okay, yeah, like I personally am against like people just being mass incarcerated, right? For nonviolent offenses, that's if you're not doing <laughs> dumb shit. Like, when she, but you feel me? Like, I think like maybe that's just me making a mountain out of what that individual person said because I did see like it's kind of and you know how Twitter works. It's like something happens, everyone runs to the right. Then people realize that we've That's been too far to the right, go so we run to the deep left. Diving, so, you got to find out for yourself, and that's why I'm glad we do this podcast. We again do that deep diving. We find out what's good because, like, if you take the face of this issue and run with it, and then try to come up with some whole hypocrisy theory, some whole part about how the Justice Department, right? And it, the, it's not gonna go too well. But I just think this was interesting, and I think. Um, you know, I think I think everyone should watch. It was a video of his brother, right? Yes. Yeah, you talked about that. Was you powerful. About that. Yeah, I don't think we have the video, but can you at least like? Yeah. So basically, in court relevant. today, his brother. I wish I had um, noted his name down in my notes. I'll get it for you in a second. But um, basically, in court today, the brother like said he had he he. He had no like animosity, animosity against her. He basically wants her to be like he didn't want her to serve time. He forgives her. He gave her a hug. Um, and it's it's it takes a strong man, on person in general. Yeah, his eighteen-year-old brother Brent Jean. Um, he took the witness stand and he embraced her. He said uh, he forgives her. And that is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing because better than most. Jesus Christ, hit me, Lord, because Henry was my sibling. What? I just just think that was a nice moment. I think that everyone. That's why God is real because the fact that he wasn't able to harbor those emotions and let it go and find peace, that's what I was just explaining my roommate he might have not wanted on his conscience because to hate somebody that takes energy yeah, it drains you personally and it personally it drains you so like if he's sitting here mad and like you know just and to see the goodness the taking you know, it out the on the world and like just being unhappy the fact that his brother is now like deceased 
he's not going to have a good life. So, I mean, I'm glad he's taking this approach. That's, yeah, that's it. Sure. That's and all I, think, I can say about it. And, but I just think this was interesting because I think a lot of my thoughts about this are involving, are related to what we will or what is next on our dog that has to also do with this is that last week or late last week, federal authorities in um, California announced that they found insufficient evidence to support the civil rights charges and the killing of Stephon Clark in Sacramento. We've been covering that for a while. Um, you know, someone's claimed that someone was breaking cars. Police assumed it was Stephen Clark and he was in his grandmother's house when we shot. We played the video, watched it. It was terrible. It was, it, terrible. It was like brutal. Um, Clark was shot after police mistook his cell phone for a gun. And I think that um, this to me gets to like kind of the general issue of policing and how we kind of punish it because i think in the geiger case yeah she was a police officer but she was in her home she wasn't on duty and she was in somebody and she was in somebody else's home when you're on duty and you mistake a cell phone for a gun we're like oh but the person was on duty so it's it's ambiguous we can't really figure it out so i think this it's frustrating because i think like it's the same thing. We're treating this like, oh, it was on the job, so that like we can't really, we can't really do anything about that. And like, both are tragedies in the same light that should never have happened. But I think it's because the Geiger one is like, and I, I thought about this earlier, and I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen. What if she would have been on duty at that time? Facts. And to me, that hate, is the thing. You, you hate, hate to, to think, think about, about that, but my natural instinct is that if she would have had a uniform. And let's say if she was responding to a complaint and accidentally went in the wrong place, I can't say for certain that she would have either no, that's, been convicted. That's a fact. That's that's a fact. <laughs> and if I, it was even a trial. Um, so I just think that I, – I, and I, I think it's sad to paint justice being served for their family in that way. But I just think it's interesting because they're it's the same thing, but it happened in different ways. Right. Where like the person is a police officer, yes, but she was not on duty. These police officers were on duty and killed someone for mistaking someone for a cell phone. Geiger mistakenly walked into the wrong house. Both are enormous mistakes that should not have happened and they killed unarmed people. But because someone was officially on duty and there's some gray area there, we're like, uh, we don't know. What if he did? You know, did he really break into those cars? We don't know. And that's the thing that irritates me about the um, Stefan Clark situation because they are definitely allowing like these other, assumpt- like these things. Letting other things creep yeah, into the case. Like, like, was he breaking into the cars? We don't know. He's dead. He doesn't even have a chance to defend himself. Um, like, even if he was. Right. He wasn't armed. He wasn't like it's not a reason for his grandmother's backyard. It's not a reason for him to be shot, and it's it's just it's just the way we talk about right. It's crazy to me that like you're saying that they didn't have enough evidence to even file like a civil case, Mm -mm. and that blows me because like now the family gets no justice at all, right? Like none, and. For something that from the camera angles that we saw seemed Bro, pretty what? they they could have handled that situation differently. Literally. The police. Because he was city. not a threat. So yeah, so that's just something to highs and lows, roller coaster every day. 
But I think next up, Henry put this in the doc. It was a great find by him. So in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, the feds did charge a white supremacist, Daniel Mahone, um, for cyber stalking and threatening Don Gathers, who is the co-founder of the Charlottesville Black Lives Matter ch- um, chapter. Uh, Mahone threatened to kill Gathers if he continued his campaign for city council. Um, I think this is just important. <coughs> Lord, I can't talk. Yeah. I think this is just important because I think um, – and this gets into the next topic. We have a lot of stuff that just runs together today. You know, um, you know. I think it just gets to what happens when we have a president who chooses to ignore stuff like Charlottesville. It says that there's and the fact fine that people on both in sides, Charlottesville, right? It's kind of ironic. Um, and we, I've said this before. Him being president is it creates an uproar. Like he's fueling it and. It, making it seem like it's okay. I'm glad they charged him in this situation because, like, if they hadn't... They're just excusing it. They're just saying, saying? like, okay, you can do what you want because we can't punish you for it. And like you said, I think what you said is perfect, that Trump is basically fueling this. Like, I found a research paper that was by two professors, one from uh, the University of Alabama, and I think the other one's from the University of Illinois. They... Uh, looked at hate crime data in the era of Trump, and but also the era before it, and they found that their conclusion basically said, we argue that it was Trump's subsequent election as president that may have validated this rhetoric in the eyes of perpetrators and fueled the hate crime surge, because there has been hate crime increases for Hispanics, see the Walmart shooting, um, for those who are of the Jewish faith, see the Pittsburgh shooting, the mosque shooting, like, there are all the like all this stuff, like the um, the Emmanuel Church in Charlottesville when he was first starting in the presidential election, like the all these we things, just name keep, right? And they're just off the top of your head, and like that's something that we have to talk about. And that's something that people have to get out into the space of, like, yes, this dude is crazy. Yes, he's an idiot. But the fact that he's just saying, like, I don't think this, I don't think this is a problem. I don't care. Oh, that's a good person right there, even though he's. A racist like right. what does that actually do to the psyche of someone who might have those beliefs who say hey if our president has those beliefs and i think them he's okay say, he's saying it's okay he's, giving he's it the literally thumbs up. giving it the thumbs up and the worst okay. thing is is that america has given him the thumbs up by voting him into the office by saying like hey you can be a racist you can be a dick you can basically shit on everyone but and we're going to put you in the highest office that's, that's clearly said something no, like, but that's the thing about the that's what's the big well that's the big question of this next election, simply because it acts is literally asking what what is America? That? Yeah, is literally asking the question of what what is America's people's standards, values, morals? Because if they reelect this man, is right. clearly like we went left. Are you still going to put your feet in the sand? And right, because at first, okay, maybe it was a little subliminal, but now it's it's over. very much. Over outright, like is there in your face, is very direct. So, for anybody who is a supporter of him, regardless of your tax benefits or whatever, you you're if you vote for him, you're accepting of everything. Basically, it's not just saying you're not like. And I hate how Republicans like, oh, I'm a I'm a fiscal conservative, but I'm socially liberal. Like, okay, you can't that. you can't just say, okay, I'm voting with my pocket. Granted, that's I don't, I don't like to talk about other people's money because I don't. Because I don't want you all in my pockets. But if you're, like you said, if you're going to support him, you have to own it. And you have to, you can't just say like, oh, I you can't, you can't just say like, I'm going to own, I'm going to own me getting that tax cut 
But all the racism stuff, I really don't, I don't like. Know, it didn't, you can't. You it can't it, do it do don't that. work that way. You can't it do it that. don't work that way. And I think um, it's good that you flagged the Charlottesville. Henry was on it with this doc, with this food for thought, y'all. Um, because he also flagged that the Department of Homeland Security, they recognize white nationalism as a national security threat. Their secretary um, last week said that white supremacist uh, extremism is an uh, adherent. Mm, I ain't read that word in a while. Adherent. <laughs> Uh, a front to our nation. So the Department of Homeland Security will seek to better analyze the nature of white supremacy, of white nationalism and discourage technology companies from hosting websites that spread hate. It is worth noting in March, uh, President Trump said that he didn't believe white nationalism was a growing threat. And in 2017, the administration also cut an Obama rule that provided $10 million to organizations dedicated in combating extremism. Henry, is this substance or is this just for show? What you mean? Because the DHS recognize does this actually have some weight behind it, or does it not matter because the person who's announcing this well, that's works for I a mean, person who doesn't? That's what I mean by what you mean. It. Because, like, in theory, it sounds good, but are they actually going to enforce this? Because, and like, how do you enforce it? I mean, the same way they did for the Black Panthers. Everybody that was associated, they raided they them, they go. locked them up. They literally put a stop to it. So if yeah, they like, want, keep, yeah. keep that same manager you have for exactly, black <laughs> exactly. If you want, root them out, right? Yeah. If you, they lit, they ki- they killed two of my fraternity brothers. Yeah. Like, come on, dude! If they want this to stop, they can make it stop. Like, arrest these people. It's whole towns in the south dedicated to white nationalists. Still got the flags going up. You, it's you. you what did the the after dark towns or sundown towns? Oh yeah, you can't be there. After, you, after sundown. Those still exist in the south. So the fact that those exist, are we really gonna put it? You yeah. know, no. I think that's so. We talking? Yeah. That's what I say. What you mean? Because are we talking about this in theory, or are we talking about is this a face? Like you said, a face front. Is this something? Oh, we're doing this because it's 2019 and we're trying to be progressive. And we're gonna paint this face, and we know it's gonna get people off our ass, right? Or we know it's going to sound good to say, hey, we officially announced this. Like, I think that's that's the crazy thing. And I think that it's twofold. I think that I think DHS did recognize something that does need to be talked about. And that like Twitter, Facebook, hey, what y'all going to do about people just spreading fake shit and doing like I think that I think that's actually a conversation that does need to be had. Like, how can we prevent and how can technology companies be accountable for what's being held on their own space because i understand free speech i understand that but if you're publicly disseminating or if you're publicly putting out hate and crazy shit if you're harboring i mean facebook and twitter have tried to get a little strict i feel like they've tried but they're not trying hard enough because i don't believe that they that they just can't I, I that's what I was literally that. about to say because yeah, how much that. can you limit like again these are people's unless they have I just think that great think- servers and people that are flagging this information it's no way possible that they're going to be able to catch every single day now let's you say if they put their full effort into it that they would be able they to can know. catch more now, I, I believe they, they could not all not all not all I'm more. saying like I feel like Twitter decided to take the place of like it's free speech. It's whatever. Right. And, and I it's think like that a you hands-off approach. And I it's think not like, a, it can't be a hands-off mm-hmm, approach because mm-hmm. like because if, people are if dying you think about most point. of these mass shootings or whatever, like people are getting killed. They're they go social media before and kind of 
talk about this stuff. And they ha- they're having conversations with other people. people who have exactly. So it's like if Twitter does a better job at tracking and flagging stuff like that, then yes. But if like if I get on Twitter right now, I'm like F word Donald Trump because he just put the wall up. You know, or yeah. something like that. Are you? Am I gonna get banned too? You know, so you got. I get it, like, but it's like it's still like the different strokes kind of thing. Where it's like if you said that, okay, that's different than saying like, "F these Mexicans, I'm gonna go down there and kill them all." Right. Which, like, literally, I get ass. you. So again, they have to do a better job at like watching it, and then when you're watching it, flagging it, and like make their appropriate yeah. take their appropriate steps because we live in America. The first constitutional right is freedom of speech you can't they limit our speech they do (laughs) but like for this again they have this right this civil liberty or whatever then it's a matter how far should that go exactly and i just think i i I just like what he the secretary said and overall i don't like what the hell he's doing but i just think that's a conversation that needs to be had and i wish more people in congress would like bring Mark Zuckerberg's ass back and be like, hey, you realize that your site is harboring a lot of stuff like this. Is there anything or what have you done to limit that, given that people are actually being impacted by this? If you're just going to take a hands off approach, say that. And if you don't, that's not your business model. He's kind of been, I mean, he's doing the face value of like, we're going to look into it. But they're all just kind of like, like, we're monitoring uh, it, but we also want our uh, site to do that. I don't know how to feel about him. So that's just something to think about. So now we're going to get into the big, big facts, big facts, big facts, big facts. Henry didn't want me to sing impeachment like Webby. I-M-P-E-A-C-H-M-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? I wasn't going to come up with like bars for that. You know. I just got crunk. And what's crazy is in the doc, Noah says no one will be there. Nah, but okay, so this impeachment thing, it at first, when it blew up, boom, boom, it was like, all right, whoa, and then all of a sudden, f- funk flex bomb, everything's right. happening. So we're going to play this clip, and then yep. we're going to get into it. Well, the whistleblower is very inaccurate. President Trump suggested the whistleblower should not be protected because the president said he or she is not legitimate. He wrote a vicious conversation. In other words, he either got it totally wrong, made it up. Your own DNI said the call transcript was consistent with the complaint. So should it? No, 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 he didn't say that. You have to take a look. So we did. You solemnly swear or affirm. Under oath, Acting Director of National Intelligence Joseph McGuire said this about a summary of a call between the president and Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, one day after the White House released it. The whistleblower's complaint is in alignment with what was released yesterday by the president. The complaint highlights Mr. Trump's request for Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Democrats argue to uncover dirt for the 2020 election. Yeah, so... Alright, so I think the easiest way of talking about this, shout out to Vox, they put nine questions about like what this all is and what it means. So they their first question, obviously, so everyone can like just get the quick tea about it, what's the short explanation of what this is all about? I got that. So earlier this year, about a month and a half ago, 
Donald Trump pressed the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky, to investigate Joe Biden and Democratic nominee and former vice president Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden. The pressure from the campaign from Trump and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, lasted a couple months. Um, and basically, they tried to push Ukraine for not complying, including withholding up to $400 million in U.S. aid from the country, which was currently being, which a part of it was being created, invaded by Russia, which is, you know, already problematic. Right. Um, a whistleblower within the government heard about this call through other people within the government, filed a complaint in mid-August. Since then, it's come out. And basically, the complaint said that Trump was trying to investigate his possible political opponent. And so basically, that all kind of spurred into not only Trump deciding to call the foreign government of Ukraine and basically solicit their help to investigate a potential political opponent. It also this also has developed into a what why did this whistleblower get held and how did they treat the the actual documents of the call because they basically took the call and they basically said hey we're going to put this on a private server so very few people can see it so i think that's the two biggest things to know is that most importantly trump called a foreign government and asked basically solicited their help in investigating a political opponent and that the trump administration as a whole has been working with ukraine through both private citizens and government employees to do this and they potentially are trying to cover up and hide the whistleblower complaint so henry what how do you feel about all this what are your kind of thoughts questions because it's a lot going on and like as you can see democrats in the house are ready to impeach Um, and we just had the conversation of are they actually going to do this a couple months ago and it seems like this is (laughs) it seems like they have the thing that they're ready to go forward right they were just waiting on it um this this happened quick who said it nancy i think um basically said he was going to walk himself into an impeachment because she and and remember we were criticizing her earlier we were saying what the hell are you waiting for right and that's why I say I really don't understand her because I didn't I didn't understand it. I, I mean, is waiting. the impeachment really going to happen this close to an election? Me personally, I don't think so. They're going gonna, to unless they find it. unless they find some just straight freaky stuff, which I don't. I mean, I mean this but, is freaky. And Republican, <laughs> yeah, no, say it. Yeah, you're. They're right. going this to investigate it, but. Like we just said earlier, it might get past the House. It'll get past the House, but there's no way. There's a snowball's chance in hell that he gets impeached by the Senate with 67 votes. Let's send him. Right. It's not happening. So, like, realistically, I think it's just, like, this could eat backfire on Democrats. Really? Yes. Why do you think? This is going to make Republicans mad. It's going to rile them up, you think? Yeah, it's gonna rile them up. Like they already mad. So do you think Look at them. Look at their leader. And imagine the rest of them. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh, they going to the polls. So that's why I'm kind of like, I don't know. So like, I'll say this: Do you think knowing that if you were in the house, would you say like, okay, if we rile him up, what's the downfall of this? So we shouldn't impeach because no, I'm no, more no, in the mindset. No, I'm of not like, saying that because like. If they keep letting this man do it, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the clamps on him at some point. At some point, because he literally did every single thing that a president should not do. 
Besides that, like, because I think if he didn't I understand it, why it's being done now. I do. I get that. Yeah. I don't know the reaction of like how people of how Republicans are going to take it. Yes. And granted, and this we don't even have this in the doc, but the Republican that the Republican Party just had their best fundraising quarter ever. They raised from July to September. They raised a crazy amount. They raised one hundred and twenty five million dollars. A good amount of it was raised after the impeachment inquiry officially began. So I think that's to say like that the Republican donor base and like the executives and the rich people, they're like, oh, no, we're here now. Like, we're going to give our money to support this guy. And I think that's just something that I think I've thought about it like that, too, in terms of like, okay, is this really what's the consequence a year from now? Is that is Trump going to go into the election and be like, and that's what they're trying to take. Can he even run with this impeachment inquiry? Yes, he can. Okay. Even though, wouldn't that be crazy if he's like, if he actually got impeached and it was like. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he does get impeached. What would happen to him? What would happen? That's why I'm, that's why I'm like. I think the Constitution would just set on fire. (laughs) That's why I've, I've literally been like trying to pay attention, but it's too hard to think about because it's too much at play right now because, okay, he had this impeachment inquiry. Then Mike Pence was in, indicated in it, and then he's Attorney General Barr is indicated in it. A lot of people are in that. That's what I'm saying. In the call notes that they have, and like this could spiral out of control for a lot of people. And that's why I'm just like, like it's a mess. It's, you remember that like SpongeBob meme? Everything's where, fine. <laughs> no, where everything's burning up around oh, the place, yeah, yeah, and it's running all over the place. I feel like that's what Trump headquarters are. At. Whatever they that's call what the it, the White House, or the headquarters. Yeah, that's what it's look like because it just don't make sense. The amount of f ups they do is crazy. Um, and again, so it sounds like you think that they should go forward, but you're just kind of wary of saying like, "Hey, be careful." That's exactly what I'm saying. I said that. Okay. <laughs> what are you saying? I just think you gotta just you can't just let somebody wild out without slapping them on the wrist. Like I would even slap them on the wrist because you just wilding out. At some point you gotta press somebody and just be like, no, bro, you can't. You're not just gonna step all over us. I mean, they've been letting him do it for the past one, two, three, three years. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I think, like I said, I think that this will get Republicans riled up. But I also well, clearly it already has. Yeah, you know, look at that money. But I also think this could also get Democrats riled up. And we don't even – I think support for impeachment is growing by the day the more people know about this. And I think the most the, – the best thing for Democrats is that there is there there. This isn't like it's Russia where it's some, it's some confusing thing and then the guy who investigates him – goes to Congress and just gives yes, no answers for three hours. And you have to read a 400-page report Bro, and that's, that's classified. <laughs> this is easier to ex- – I mean, think about it. This is easier to understand. That's what's so like – Which says a lot about our about attention this, span. But. Because it's like, bro, okay, you might have got to wear the Russia stuff because clearly something happened there. Which probably – But then you got the balls and audacity to, do to go again. do it again? 
you don't get caught once, bro. you probably said y'all. I'm get just me like scratching time. my head, and it's like, bro, you're clearly a criminal. But okay, say so. Anyway, now we're gonna get into the <laughs> okay. Heads up, heads up. Um, let me put this in. The, do you read this article? <laughs> Um, okay, look, no skirt. We're not talking about that. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I was like, okay, sure. Six nine testimony. He was just like going on and on about like crazy stuff. I rumor know. Ha- rumor has it he implicated the what's really going on podcast. Who <laughs> remembers of it? Oh, uh, so basically, he came together with the gang, and they decided to use each other to amp up his career and they would get money on the back end. Did you read the article though? It's like fascinating as Bro, hell. That's it's what I'm fucking saying. crazy. So like like you said, like basically he's like, hey, I'm trying to become a successful rapper. Hi you guys. <laughs> you all can give me street cred and be in my videos that I shoot. And then Gummo comes out, Gummo blows up. He adds all these people in the, like the trade on bloods or I forgot what they were what were they called the trade on bloods whatever the hell they were called those I shouldn't bloods. say that before they come up right we gonna um, be dead so then I'm so happy y'all know what happened and then he get and then he actually gets in the gang <laughs> and then all hell thing. breaks loose like it's not even that they beef with other gangs they're beefing with themselves. <laughs> That's and what they have was like stupid about it. It was like four, five, and this and then person coming out to that person. This person robbing this person, who are both in the gang. This person stealing this person's jewelry. It was just Takashi's paying somebody to kill the gang leader. It was a mess. And then Takashi's just like, I'm out. And they got kicked. It was a mess. They so kidnapped like, him. The, that's who he was kidnapped by. The dudes he, he was in the gang no, with. I'm it's, I'm hip. It's a, right. That's what I'm saying. Then it was a kidnapping. Then they came to each other. It was a I just think everybody should read that story. Because it's, it's actually. a mess. Uh, and then I read that he denied like um, witness protection. Like okay. okay, this whole story. You want to get back to music? This whole story was about how people in that gang will pull up on you and kill <laughs> you, and like really slash your freaking face. Well, clearly six nine don't give a fuck. Boom. Just everybody should go. We'll flag it, but y'all should just. It's just very interesting. Funny. It's a funny, good read. All right, <laughs> it make you laugh. Uh, all right, so I have this as Noah sports update. I'll get Henry's thoughts, even though I know he probably don't care that much. Um, so California recently. Um, on LeBron James, on LeBron James's show, The Shop, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom um, he signed uh, basically a bill that would pay student athletes in California. Henry, you got any thoughts? I mean, that's a great start. Definitely, yeah. other people pick up on it. Facts. And then uh, this has just been something. I'm a soccer fan. I think y'all, for all my other soccer fans out there, uh, there's been a lot of news about. Um, Racism in Serie A, which is like the Italian, um, like the top league in Italy. Um, me, I just wanted to flag it just because I think that in nowadays, I think everyone in like the shut up and dribble age and people always saying like, why are you doing stuff that's outside of sports? And in the Kaepernick, like, oh, when you go outside of when you do stuff outside of sports, why are you doing that? And I think that it doesn't just show that in America, but also in Europe and the most popular sport in the world, race is a factor in sports and that people should, athletes should always talk about it because for Muhammad Ali, Colin Kaepernick, Frank Kessie, who was the soccer player who was basically getting monkey chance in Italy for an entire game and the Italian league didn't suspend anyone. They didn't punish the crowd, didn't punish the team. I just think that it proves that 
race and gender, class are all involved in sports and that anyone who says it's not is not paying attention. Right. And I know that's something that we've talked about a lot. And I just think that it's not just a thing that's in America. This is a global issue. It's a global thing, bro. They hate to see it. They do, right? It's like, so I just think that's something that like just people, if you're next time you see someone on Twitter who's like, oh, why are you, why is this athlete doing something that's outside of sports? Like, y'all make this bigger than sport. Y'all make this bigger than sports. When you're literally throwing bananas at a player for scoring a goal, you're making it bigger than just what's on the field. So athletes should keep that same energy and do the same. Right. Food for thought. Uh, NBC News. This uh, is pretty cool. This was pretty cool. NBC News, they did um, a special. Uh, we'll also put it on our Twitter and stuff like that. They did Ferguson five years later. Um, so NBC Nightly News, they went to the city five years after Michael Brown's death to see how the city has both improved and stayed the same. It was like a mixed bag. Like if you watch the video, it's like the city was impacted by this tragedy and they became kind of like the spotlight for, I would, I mean, I don't know how you would feel, but they kind of became like the spotlight for our generation and like activism. And the mm-hmm. city was like, just said, fuck this. Like we're pissed. Right. And it was young people who led the charge. And then shout out to NBC news and Lester Holt for going back and digging up how, you know, people, black people have been elected to city council, but also how, a lot of the police practices that still go on that kind of keep black people in this box are still going on. So I just think it was an interesting tale of like the city, the people who led this protest and kind of like how Ferguson for people of our age was like the thing in terms of activism. Like there would be like no black lives matter. There would be like a lot of the kind of like the conversations that we're having Ferguson was a big part of that because the city basically said, F this, we're going to burn this whole shit down. Right. Because I don't want to compare to the modern day LA riots, but. But I think it's a good, for our time. It's a good comparison. Right. I think, yeah. I think it is. So I just think that's worth flagging. Lastly, um, Jesse Norman, the international opera star, uh, she sadly passed away at 74. She was uh, born in Henry's home state of Georgia in Augusta a Howard grad and advocated for diversity in the arts. If you don't know who Jessie Norman is, you should Google her. Um, like I said, she was an international opera star and she was one of the rare black singers to gain stardom in opera. Um, so if they ever try to say that we as people don't do everything. We do everything. Well, we and dominate. We, and we do it better. So I just think <laughs> that it's, you know, it's sad that um, I didn't know much about Jessie Norman until, sadly, until she passed. But after Googling her, she really was honestly an icon in her own way because she was the only black opera singer I've heard of from the past and from the future. So like in general, so I think that you got to give credit to where it's due. Um, you know, some recipes to her and hopefully we can get some more diversity in the art. So that's that. Henry, where can you follow us at? My you know what I'm saying? Make sure you follow us on IG at what's really going. Follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Follow us and subscribe on YouTube at what's really going on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Got on Leave on a review. Pie, you know what I'm saying? Leave a review. Do the comments. All of that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? There we are. Peace. Uh-huh. That was just a typo, that bitch drive me crazy uh, She gon' make me psycho, uh, everything I've been through uh, Something 